afternoon. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied. Uh, today, I'm very pleased to have as my guest uh, Tony Horton, who's the founder and creator of the P90X exercise regime. Uh, Tony, welcome to the show. Richard, thank you so much for having me on. So, Tony, let me start by asking you, you know, how you how you got into fitness, and specifically, how did you develop this incredibly well known and successful P90X? Well, you know, a lot of people probably think that I was the high school football hero, you know, the best athlete in town, you know, started every game on three three different sports and everything. But the truth be told, I was uh, I had two left feet. I was the 98-pound weakling. I had a speech impediment. I was picked last for every team. I didn't have a great start. My father was in the military. We moved uh, six times before fifth grade. And um, so, you know, being small, having a speech issue, not being a great student didn't make it uh, easy for me, uh, not, not, not only in just sports, but every, every, every aspect of my life. So, you know, I was fortunate in college. I took a weightlifting course, and I learned so much, and I, I really liked the instructor. The instructor was different than maybe some of my coaches when I was in high school. The guy was fun, you know what I mean? He made it interesting. Uh, he made you want to work hard. He, you know, he, he shared his philosophies about you know, work ethic and discipline and, and taking your time and not trying to achieve too much too soon. And, you know, that really resonated with me. And I think I use a lot of those philosophies now when I, you know, when I create my programs, you know, so I came out to California and I applied some of his ideas. And then I, you know, one thing about California that was different than um, Connecticut and Rhode Island in the seventies was that there were gyms in every corner, bodybuilding gyms and cardio gyms and aerobics gyms and um and i just jumped in all of it i just thought it was awesome i mean the the, the uh, i had such a fascination for that lifestyle for those kinds of people those people had a lot more energy and enthusiasm to kind of take life on than the people that i was hanging around or even myself and so i thought this was fantastic i didn't have a fitness business yet i was just a you know just a dude in a gym work and um at some point you know i i, I started training my boss i had a job over at, at 20th century fox and my boss noticed my changes, and uh, and he said, "Man, you look. Something's happening to you in the last three or four months." I said, "I know. I've been going to the gym, and I had an agent. The agent told me to go, so I wanted, you know, I wanted to get more jobs." And I started training my boss, and then almost a year later, he introduced me to Tom Petty, and Tom Petty was my first ever celebrity client. And uh, you know, then I got Tom in great shape for this tour. He came back, and then Billy Idol called, and then Annie Lennox from the Arrhythmics called, and then. Um, uh, Sean Connery and Shirley MacLaine and, you know, Bruce Springsteen. And uh, I built this little celebrity training business. Plus, I was doing the acting on the side. And then I got a job for Nordic Track. And so I was able to bring those two things together. And then shortly after that, uh, I met Carl Deichler, the CEO of Beachbody. And Carl said, I like your style. I mean, I like the, you know, you have some humor and, you're, and the way you cue and deliver your stuff is different than other people. So we did something uh, called um, Great Body Guaranteed, and that led to Power 90, and then Power 90 led to P90X, and here I am today, 19 years later. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. Now, when you started the P90X, was that just kind of accumulation of all the stuff you'd already been doing, or did you come up with like a whole new specific regimen just for the P90X? You know, that's a great question. I I think um, I probably had about 75% of it locked in. But I also understood that there were some elements that needed to be in there that I that I still had to learn about. So the cool thing about Carl and Beachbody was they gave me a full year to to research, to really you know hone my craft when it came to things like um, you know mixed martial arts and yoga, knowing how to cue those things, and really you know making sure that I was efficient with that stuff. And we're and looking at we're looking at. Um, 
you know, core and functional work, proprioceptive balance, things like that in a different way. And because, you know, we call it muscle confusion with P90X, but what it really is is a form of Jack LaLanne's periodization training from the 50s, but just modernized. You know, I just kind of made it my own thing. And I knew that, that people suffer from boredom, they suffer from injuries, and they, in the end, when they repeat the same movements over and over again, end up plateauing or, you know, not, or stop seeing the results they want to see. And so I said, well, let's, let's have people, everybody work on their weaknesses. So guys that are used to lifting weights are now having to force to do yoga movements that they would never do or do yoga that they would never do. And a lot of gals that were like kind of cardio junkies, I got, the, I got them to do resistance, you know, because there was a certain exercise done on a certain day in a certain sequence for 90 days. And so sometimes you'd be like, oh, okay, I'm good at this. And other days, oh, my God, this is horrible. This is difficult. But I understand the purpose of it. And I think that's the reason why... It did so well. It was so popular. The reason why it's still so popular now, 11 years later, uh, is because it just plain works. Hmm. Now, you mentioned that you know you were not athletic. You said you had two left feet. Um, what is it that kind of attracted you to working out? Like, how did you get into it? Because it, it is a lot of work, as you know. But what was it about it that, that was so interesting to you? Well, you know, the transition wasn't immediate. It wasn't immediate. I, I think that weightlifting course at, at the University of Rhode Island was the tipping point for me because I saw aesthetic changes, and I liked the aesthetic changes, and, and I liked the way that I looked. I, I, didn't, I also, at the same time, but didn't realize it, that I was, it was having a, a mental and emotional effect on me. Hmm. My GPA went up for no apparent reason, <laughs> probably hmm. because I felt like showing up to class more and I could pay attention better. And uh, I ended up wanting to, you know, sort of spend some time doing my homework. Um, and it really was that for me. You know, the diet thing wasn't honed in yet, but just the physical act of, of moving throughout the week, you know, changing my body physically affected my mental and emotional state. And then I came out to California and it was just compounded by the fact that there were so many other people living that lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. You know, it almost felt like you were the odd man out if you were, you know, drinking too much and smoking. And mm -hmm. I mean, I never did smoke, but I was never, that was not, you know, that my lifestyle was being on the lazy side, naturally, and naturally I'm a lazy person. And this, you know, this, this these disciplines, and I was a three-day-a-week guy, then a four-day-a-week guy, and then I realized the more I do, the better I get, right? So now I, I work out a minimum of 22 days a month. I try to get like 25 in out of 30, 31. <laughs> and that's sort of, the, that's sort of the, where I really hum, you know, um, because it, you know, I learned early on that if I only work out 15 days a week, that means 15 days are taken off. And, you know, I was, I was going to end up with exercise bipolar disorder. You know, I mean, you're going you're to get the benefits of the norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, all these great things that occur from moving muscle, lungs, heart, legs, you know, and you're really kind of pumping like that. And it's a, it's a physiological thing as much as it is just a physical thing. And so so that, that's what I, I went, oh, okay, I'll be more productive, I'll have more energy, uh, my memory and cognition will improve, I'll sleep better, I'll have a less propensity to eat junk food. I mean, that's just, you know, people don't realize that one workout, one single workout will do all those things for you. But it dissipates after 24 hours, and so the cravings come back, the laziness comes back, you know, the cognition and memory kind of go back to where it was. And so it's it's like motor oil for your entire body from the you know top of your head down to your toes. Now, when you look at all the – obviously, there's thousands of exercise regimes out there. You know, how do you really differentiate P90X, or what would you say – what really makes that different from all the other sort of exercise stuff that's out there? Well, the vast majority of them that are out there are one- or two-dimensional two-dimensional at the most. Like if you look at Pilates, what is it? It's, it's Pilates, which is still fantastic. 
you know, there's so many great benefits to Pilates, but don't expect to do Pilates and run fast. You know, mm-hmm. there's yoga, which has got, it's got balance. It's got strength. It's got flexibility. It has probably some, you know, three of the pillars of fitness, but at the same time, you know, you're not going to be able to do pull-ups very well or, or, or anything or run, you know, it's missing the, the cardiovascular aspects. And if you're a bodybuilder, yeah, you're going to get big arms and big chest and everything else, but don't play softball because running from home base to first place, you might have a hamstring pull. So, you know, it's just diversification. And every, what happens to trainers, not, not, you know, more and more learning, to, you know, diversification is everything. And, but there's still a lot of people that are sort of stuck in this build and burn model. You know, even, even coaches and trainers are stuck in that build and burn model. <clears throat> it's very rare that you see somebody who teaches yoga, who teaches mixed martial arts, who teaches bodybuilding, who teaches core, functional, proprioceptive. You know, it's a, it's a master of none and a jack of all in my opinion, uh, that got that many people to pick up the phone and order P90X and do it. Um, and other programs, just they just, you know, they just, they just want to be a yoga instructor. They just want to be a, a Pilates instructor. They want to, you know, they want to give, uh, they want to have very specific types of things. And so your demographic gets really smaller, right? Like if women want, women want to do, you know, certain exercise routines for teenagers in their third trimester, okay, well, you know, You'll sell that to 50 people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help millions of people. And so it's that diversification. Um, it's that variety. Um, and um, that's really, I think, what distinguishes it from a lot of other programs. Now, you've obviously trained a lot of people. Um, what is kind of the key – what is sort of the key differentiator between someone who really can you know, successfully sort of get themselves in shape versus the ones they don't? Is it just perseverance or is it more than just that? <clears throat> It's the willingness to pursue some form of discipline and understanding that the transition isn't easy, but being okay with that and and pursuing it anyway. Mm. You know, so you've got to get your mind around that little nugget, I think. Mm. And and that was the case for me. I mean, some people can literally overnight just turn it on a dime. Others take, you know, as long as a decade to get there. And some folks just inherently aren't ever there. And you cannot give advice to people who haven't asked for it, right? So, you know, I've heard that the worst kind of advice to give is the kind that's not been asked for. So, you know, when people are ready, they're ready. And all you can do is live by example. And, and, and hopefully that'll be enough. And in my case, it's attracted millions of people. I was at an event in San Diego this past weekend, and they were close to about 900 people. And of the 900, about 40% had gotten the memo, you know what I mean, who had made dramatic change. And I mean, that's, it's just hard because usually the only people that do that are athletes, <laughs> collegiate, high school, professional athletes. Those are the ones who put in the time and the effort because they get paid to do what they do. Everybody else has another kind of job. Everybody else has a family. Everybody else has to get in traffic. Everybody else has to make the time. And when your purpose for doing so is based on the tape measure and the scale and um, your reflection in the mirror and other people's opinions about your changes, that that has a very ephemeral um, effect on, on your ability to sustain that long term. So long term, your purpose should be, I want to feel better today. I want to live a more productive life. I want to improve my memory. I understand that this is a, this is a mental and emotional thing as well, that I'll just be a better parent. I'll be a better employee. I'll, better, I'll be a better planet, uh, person of planet Earth. I won't have as many injuries. I won't have as many illnesses. I'll be more durable and I'll be less vulnerable to, to you know, the day-to-day stuff. 
if that's your mantra, well then, then, and you understand that's your mantra, then you can almost turn anybody around. But until people understand that, like they really own that, they have to own that and believe that like, like their own personal faith, you know what I mean? And if they can get there, and they know it's not all about ego and aesthetics, and it's really about just the plain quality of their life, um, then, then more and more people will make that switch. But, you know, let's face it, exercise discipline and food discipline is probably one of the hardest things that we have to deal with. And we have to deal with those things not once in a while, but every day. Mm. Every time you sit down to a meal, it's a test <laughs> yeah. of whether you're going to have discipline or not. Mm-hmm. And for me, that happens, fortunately, at this stage of my life, about 95% of the time. Mm. And in the old days, it was 50 and then it was 60, then it was 75, then it was 80. I was a kind of an 80-20 guy. 20% of the time, I would just kind of enjoy myself and eat key lime pie and brownies and cookies and have some French fries. And that only happens about 5% of the time now because the more I, the more I experiment with better discipline, the more energy I have, the better I sleep, the, 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 the better I look too. You know, I mean, that after effect is not a terrible thing. So it's just a matter of getting in a room and convincing people of that and then giving them a plan having them create some accountability through having like-minded people in their life and to move forward, you know, one week at a time. Now, you're obviously in incredible shape. I've seen you on your videos. Do you actually still have exercise goals at this point or are you, you know, are you pretty much in as good a shape as you really need or want to be in? Well, you know, I, I look at my numbers differently. I, I mean, I want to be able to, to go around my pegboard a little bit further. I want to be able to do knock out a couple more push-ups or pull-ups um, I do a lot of sort of gymnastic and Cirque du Soleil type movements. I mean, I'm not doing back off round, you know, back off uh, handsprings and stuff. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to do a lot of uh, balance work, and um, and I am also a skier, so I train really hard to keep my 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 quads, my glutes, my heart, my lungs ready for a, you know a hard day on the hill. And so those are my pursuits. And they're, in, they're, you know, like, for example, we were working out yesterday, Sunday. There's 20 exercises that we do, typically anywhere from four to as many as 12 people show up on a Sunday. And we've got everything on a big grease board. You know, who holds the record for uh, walking dips? Who holds the record for handstand push-ups? Who holds the record for, uh, you know, how many times up a, up a rope in a minute? You, you know what I mean? And so we're, we're all pushing each other. And and I've gotten so all my friends so fit that of those 20, 20 exercises, I'm, I only lead about four of them now. You know, hmm. half the people I train with are 18, 19 to 25, and I'm 58. So, <laughs> but uh, on pull-ups, I got everybody crushed. You know, on uh, handstand push-ups, not so much. Hmm. Now, you, now your P90X has gone through a couple of different re- revisions. Are you still working on more versions of that? And how do you come up with new material for, for that exercise series? Well, you know, I'm always learning. I understand the importance of trying to reinvent yourself all the time. I think a lot of people in almost every industry, they kind of try to ride that first wave forever. And, you know, that wave is going to come to shore. And so how do you keep reinventing yourself? And so I just do a lot of research. You know, I ask around. I mean, I'll just collect moves. You know, I just love collecting moves and routines. I was at the Laker game last night, and I was watching some of the players on both sides do their warm-up, and I think, oh, my God, I've never done that. <laughs> so I took my phone out, and I started recording the moves that they were doing, these little awesome, you know, multi-plane, because they're basketball players. They're moving on multiple planes. And so I just videotaped it and stole it, and I'll put it somewhere. I'll probably call something like the, the Laker warm-up or something. <clears throat> and so that's important. Like with P90X2, we took P90X, and we went to the next level. We made it for we, – we turned – people who used to be overweight into really fit folks who now want to become athletes. You know, we've got 
levers, which is a gymnastics move. We've got crawly crab presses, which is just this crazy dumbbell on your back rolling around on a stability ball move. You know, there, there's, uh, there just, you know, there's always new ways to turn up the volume. And if you're willing to sort of pay close attention to your form, make sure you don't get hurt and try these things, then great. Then, of course, the next one is P90X3 because we understood that the completion rate for P90X wasn't as high as we would have liked. So we made it a half an hour. And in a half an hour, I mean, that's one of my – people just come up to me all the time and say, X3 hit the mark because I got my 90 days in. I didn't skip days, and I still got great results. And my latest one is is 22-minute hardcore, which is a complete new direction for me. It's a uh, military boot camp routine. It's eight weeks, just like a boot camp. There's a ninth week, optional hell week if you want to do it, which is two a days. <laughs> and it's burpees and push-ups and lunges and squats, and it's getting back to basics. And we have real vets. Every workout has real vets in it. You know, we spend a lot of time and energy, you know, making it, sort of gearing it to the vets. I've been to 51 military bases around the world from Kosovo to South Korea. So it's a tribute to them. The 22 minutes is, is uh, for a lot of people, a tribute to the fact that a lot of vets, you know, 22 vets a day commit suicide. So, you know, these types of movements, any type of movement will help a, a vet deal with their PTSD, right? Because of the norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, all the great chemicals. I've talked to my friend who was in Afghanistan and Iraq, my friend, Mike Mullally, and he said, this program saved my life. It just got my head on straight, and I hmm. shared it with so many other vets. So, you know, I mean, we could do a P90X4, but, you, you know, you don't, I mean, how many how many Ghostbuster movies do you want to see? Right? you got to stop somewhere. <laughs> well, are you thinking about starting a whole new other series outside the P90X, or what is your kind of plan now going forward? I mean, obviously, you've done this super successful series, but what are some of the other things you're thinking about doing? Well, well the hardcore is a, is a total, you know, that's the one that's out right now. The infomercial's on the air. We've got a million downloads on Beachbody On Demand. I mean, if anybody wants that thing, for 30 days, you can go to BeachbodyOnDemand.com and, and get them for free. And then after that, the price is ridiculous. You have, you, you have because you know we, we understand where the future is we're not pressing dvds in china anymore and packing packaging them we're, everything's online you, you hear about it you go online and you start working out you know 15 seconds later that's just the way the world works mm. and so 22 minute hardcore is a departure from all the x series but i've got another one in development which i'm really excited about i think it's going to really bring families together and and couples together it's got this very unique take, but, you know, we're pretty, we're like the Pentagon, you know, we're pretty secretive about what we, you know, unless it's out there. So we don't want to give anybody any, any hints, but uh, this new one, it'll be out in November. So it's a ways away, but, but it's uh, already developed it where uh, we, we did a bunch of photos for it and we're going to start testing it. We've already had one test group go through, but we're going to be putting another one in. And then we start casting and shooting it. And so by November, it'll be out. So, you know, P90X, that series had an awesome run. Those, those are timeless routines that you can do anytime, anywhere. But, you know, like any rock and roll band or any actor, you've got to move on to the next play, the next movie, the next show, the next album. Um, except for Chicago. Chicago's the only <laughs> Chicago. One, two, three, four, five. Even they stopped doing numbers after a while and, and came up with some different names. So... That that just feels like you know. I mean, I look at the industry and I say, what's what's the latest? What's the greatest? What's the newest? What's happening? And and sometimes a P90X type philosophy doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, but it just means it's kind of you know time to step up and try something new. Well, Tony, it's been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. When that new thing comes out in November, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. You got it, Richard. My pleasure, man. Those are great questions. Thanks for today. This is Richard Chu and Tony Horton. Thanks. Mm-hmm.